we need to go find out where they live, where they go to church, who they hang around with, and bird dog their asses. Emotional, guys, okay? Because I'm committed to this. Little kids need to be able to breathe clean air. They need to be able to access swimming pools. They need to have lifeguards there who are going to teach them how to swim. And they need to have activities. I don't know what we're going to do for a couple, three months. I'll call universities. I'll call other places. Are you ready? Call immigration. 704-570-1110. News Talk 1110. 99.3 WBT. Those were uh, Mara Healy from Massachusetts, who is now throwing kids out of the community centers in Massachusetts to house migrants. And the first person you heard who said that they were going to come and bird dog their butts, um, those are the uh, socialist uh, communist activists um, who are vowing, vowing to confront not just Trump voters, but uh, potential Trump uh, administration officials if uh, Donald Trump ends up winning. Um, they're going to confront them at their churches, at their houses, etc. This is a very, very hard left organization. Uh, psycho, psycho left, really. I mean, they, they, they were proudly wearing masks over their faces with hammers and sickles. Um, not actual hammers and sickles. That would have been entertaining. But they, they actually have the hammer and sickle flags over their faces. It's great to be with you. So there was a debate last night, and I know all, all the programs have been talking about it. I am going to talk a little bit about it up front, and we're going to get to the news of the day and all that great stuff. But I want to invite you uh, to, uh, to jump on and uh, share with us your thoughts if you... If you listened to the debate, if you were there in person watching the debate, we made uh, so many great new friends. Uh, great to catch up with some awesome uh, people that, that we already knew who were showing up. Uh, really, really fantastic. And uh, uh, I am personally very proud of the job that was done across WBT and, of course, uh, especially uh, uh, me and Pete's uh, double team at the end of the debate. It was a lot of fun. It was a blast. And I hope you guys enjoyed listening to it. 704-570-1110. And on Twitter, you can reach out to me uh, at Winter Bull Show. So let's let's think about what we watched last night. You saw, I believe, anybody on that stage that was competing for District 8 um, it, it would be a fine representative of the district. Now, I don't live in the district, so it's just my opinion, looking at the way people were comported, the way people were expressing good good ideas, uh, people who were um, thinking uh, longer term than identity politics and stuff like that. I, I felt like it was a very fulsome uh, debate all, all the way around. But we have to understand something here, okay? You could you could just about nominate the second coming of any great person, if you wanted to. And they're going to turn them, the, the, the left is going to turn whoever it is into an enemy of the people. That is what we are down to. Now, think about what the administration in Washington, D.C. Is, is actually defending in this day and in this time. They are, they are defending not going to East Palestine, Ohio. They are defending... Uh, Sending money to the Iranians to the tune of $6 billion just a few days before the October 7th massacres of Israelis, of Israeli children, of Holocaust survivors, of Americans, of decent human beings, right? That, that is what, that is what, that move to send that money is being defended by Joseph Robinette Biden Jr., an AWOL Secretary of Defense, 
is being defended by Joseph Robinette Biden Jr. Um, we, we can continue this. A broken border, including seven, seven maniacs attempting to murder New York City police officers on the streets of New York City. And they go in front of a judge and they get they get released and they come out. And they throw the finger at the cameras. They're spitting on the reporters. They're doing all of that. And there's an actual debate about whether or not we're going to put them in a very, very dark place far, far away. There's an an actual debate about whether or not we deport them. Uh, I'm sorry. I, I didn't understand that we lost a war. I didn't. I did not know that we lost a war in this country so that the Bolsheviks could control it. Because at every turn, rampant theft criminality, violence in the streets, socialistic ideologies, Hamas people threatening people at colleges and universities. We are becoming increasingly like the old Soviet Union in the cities, aren't we? And the shame of this is many communities like we were in last night at Wingate, 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 I want to cover my bases, Uh, like, like the communities of District 8, like the communities across the border in South Carolina. These are communities that are functioning properly. There's an understanding that if you violate the law, you're going to encounter uh, a judge. What is it that these dunderheads can't get into their mind? That there has to be good order in this country. The days of defund are D-E-D dead. I want to spell it that way because I don't want to be exclusionary. The the days of defund are D-E-D dead. The days of raising taxes. The days of worshiping the earth. The days of all the crazy politics that we've seen since you've been forced to obey on your knees in 2008. Those are all behind us. A new time is coming. And a new time is here. We are going to take the wheel of the ship of state. Joe Biden is going to sit in the back seat, in his toddler seat, with the pretend steering wheel. But we, the people, are going to take the steering wheel from him. And he can say, this is great. I'm going to East Palestine, Ohio. I'm driving the back of the car. It's so good. Can I have a cookie? Can, Can I have a cookie? Can I have a cookie? Can I have some ice cream? That's what he's going to be doing. And the adults are going to be back in charge. The adults are already in charge. They just don't realize it yet. You know, it dawned on me as I was driving home in a very long uh, trip back to my house last night. It is entirely possible that there is a resistance at work inside the government that is not part of the resistance. See, I, I think there's something afoot inside the government. When you look at all the bad policy that's being unveiled, all the bad policy that's going public, including earlier this morning, when Joseph Robinette Biden Jr. and his loyal sidekick, Blinky Blink, uh, decided that they were going to announce a whole new piece of territory in the Middle East that was going to be Palestinian land without consulting with the Israelis? It, It dawned on me. It dawned on me. There's a resistance on the other side. Not, not the AOC, silly, goofy, squatty um, resistance. I'm talking about the resistance to socialism. 
I believe it exists inside the government and it's operating in a very quiet way. Now I can't wait for the election to come around in November. And I can't wait to get out there and vote. And I can't wait to hand a pink slip to each and every one of these apparatchiks who are interested in dismantling these United States of America. The United States of America. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. It is the Brett Witterbull Show, 704-570-1110. Good to be with you on this day. So, taking a look at the, the main challenges that we're facing in this country right now, I, I continue to stand by the position that it is border, and it is a number of other things as, as well. And we're going to flesh that out in just a little bit. Let's uh, jump out to uh, breaking Brett Jensen and see uh, what he's got for us uh, with the introduction of the new... Uh, coaching team there uh, over at the uh, Panthers. What's going on, Brett Jensen? How's it going, sir? It's going well. Thank you very much. Yeah, it was an interesting press conference. Um, You know, this is the third time they've done this in five years with the Carolina Panthers. And each time it's a little bit more subdued. The first time with Matt Rule, it was like a big stage and it was like a disco club. It was like Studio 54 and a DJ and strobe lights and all kinds of people there. And then this one in a very tall stage. And then the next one with Frank Reich, there wasn't the strobe lights in the, in the disco ball, but it was still a stage nonetheless, but a little bit more subdued. And then this one, this was a much smaller stage. They still had the DJ, and they still had about 100, 150 people that were there. But instead of standing up or whatever, it was Dan Morgan, the new general manager, and Dave Canales, the new head coach, just sitting at a table answering uh, questions on a very small stage, like maybe like a foot high as opposed to three feet high or four feet high. So it was was a little different atmosphere this time. They should have come out to our event last night uh, in Monroe. It would have been a lot of enthusiasm out there, Brad Jensen. I, I do not disagree. Well, there was, you know, it was, it was mostly for the media. There were a lot of former yeah. players there, mm-hmm. Mohammed, Muhammad, Jonathan Stewart, Thomas Davis, and some others that were there. But it was, it was, you know, hey, this is who our new head coach is. They each gave their statements, and then next thing you know, um, they were able to take questions for like, you know, like 15, 20 minutes or so from the media. And then we got to talk to them a little bit afterwards, and I was able to get the coach and the new general manager one-on-one for a little bit, so that'll be playing that tonight. Um, what's, what's the sense of how he wants to interface with, uh, with Bryce? That's the million-dollar question. And, you know, he, this is the third quarterback that he's worked with that's under six feet. Russell Wilson, wow. he was the quarterback's coach there in Seattle. And then, you know, last year he was the offensive coordinator with Baker Mayfield, and now he's with Bryce Young. So three of the four quarterbacks that he's worked with are all under six feet. So I asked him that question specifically. I said, hey, is there a difference with dealing with a quarterback that's 5'11 as opposed to 6'5"? And he said, yes, but I'm not going to tell it for everyone in the NFC South. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, you know, and then, uh, and then, you know, and he laughed a little bit, but then he did say, he said, look, he said, I got to be honest with you. He goes, there's really no difference between a quarterback that's five foot 11 and six foot one. Neither one of them can see over a six foot, ta- six foot seven tackle. Yeah. That's a, that's a, that's a hugely important point. Uh, what, what are we, 
expecting, and I know it's it was you know wasn't it wasn't like a, a full long form sort of every question you want to know. Um, what what is what is his commitment uh, to uh, beefing up that defense that they've got there, Brett? Well, I think that they're going to keep a lot of the holdovers because he was really impressed with the defense. You know, he played against that defense twice this year, and it really stymied the offense each time. I mean, if you remember towards the very end of the season, Tampa came to Carolina, and in just a just a god-awful stinker of a game, you know, Tampa barely won. There was basically no offense the entire day for either team. And so I, I think he really, really liked the defense, and I think a lot of it's going to stay intact. Especially even with the coaches. So we know how hard it can be when a boss is looking over your shoulder every single day, every single minute, all that sort of stuff. Is, is there any sense that you get uh, about how the uh, order of battle is going to be so that uh, the owner is not constantly moving in and trying to dictate policy to the new coach? See, that's the thing. You know, you start thinking like Arthur Blank, the Atlanta Falcons. Right. Do you think the head coach has to meet with him every week? Of course not. Right. Do you think the head coaches, Rabel was meeting with the head coach of the Titans every week? Of course not. But you know what? Frank Reich was having to meet with David Tepper every single week yeah. at the same time every week. And so, you know, that becomes like a major burden that they have to coaches deal with. So now that what they've done is, They've hired an intermediary, like a vice president of football operations, brought him in over from the San Francisco 49ers. He's relatively young. Brant Tillis is his name. And they're kind of hoping that's the buffer between Tepper and before you get to the head coach of Dave Canales, because now you've got Dan Morgan, you've got Brant Tillis, and they're hoping, you know, in a perfect world, those two would be the buffer between Tepper and the head coach. And maybe Tepper's not trying to suggest play calls or whatever. Like, you, there's been all kinds of wild rumors saying that Tepper was, in, you know, directly involved with trying to get into play calling and everything else. Get him a headset. Put him on the sidelines. <laughs> welcome back. Uh, w- w- welcome back to that that famous famous uh, coach uh, in the uh, Al Davis era. You know what I'm saying? Like bring him back out. Put the headset on and call the plays. Um, final question for you: If you were to assume that everything goes well, everything not perfect, but everything goes well, and you get to move into um, the, the season, and there's no injuries to speak of or any of that sort of stuff. What what would you guess would be your best output for this season coming up with the Panthers? What would a successful number be? Six wins. Six wins. Wow. Brett, they had two wins last season. Yeah. And they went scoreless in their last two games. They had the worst scoring offense in the NFL. They had the lowest amount of yardage in the NFL. And they had the worst per play average in the NFL. You get to six wins with an offensive line that was atrocious, wide receivers that belong on milk cartons because they're MIA. And so you, if you can get from two wins to six wins, I think that's a job well done. Wow, and uh, and Dan Quinn just went over to the Commanders. Hmm, interesting. Yeah, huh. there you go. Uh-huh. All right, <laughs> breaking Brett Jensen's <laughs> going to break it all down tonight. I know that much for sure. It was awesome working with you last night at the uh, at, at the debate. Uh, lots of great information and lots of great moments there. It was it was a real blast. I appreciate you uh, coming by today. Yeah, it was it was absolutely a good time last night, and I appreciate for having me, Brett. Always a pleasure. You're very welcome. That is uh, breaking Brett Jensen. So here's what we're going to do. 
We're going to come back. Uh, I'm going to get into a couple of other stories that are out there moving. There's a little bit of a shock poll that has been put out. This shock poll says Biden has jumped to a six-point lead over Trump. Are women dangerous for the Don? Are the legal bills piling up? What happens with the fundraising? Still early in this race. Eleven ten ninety nine three WBT. It is the Brett Winnable Show. Uh, okay, let's take a dive into this. Uh, 2024 matchups. Now, this is a Quinnipiac poll. So, you know, everything I, I tell you should be taken with a grain of salt. But it's important for you to have the intelligence, uh, at least, to understand. I don't mean intelligence like you're not smart, but I mean like intel. You know, this is like intel uh, from out there on the, uh, on, the, on the race. 2024 matchups. Biden opens up lead over Trump in head-to-head Quinnipiac University national poll finds. Well, okay. Haley leads Biden one-on-one, but trails when third-party candidates are factored in. As signs point to the 2024 presidential election being a repeat of the 2020 race between Joe Biden and President Trump, Biden holds a lead over Trump 50 to 44 among registered voters in a hypothetical election matchup. In Quinnipiac University's December 20, 2023 poll, the same hypothetical, uh, was too close to call as Biden received 47% and former President Trump got 46%. Here's how it shakes out. Um, Democrats go 96 to 2% and independents go 52 to 40% supporting Biden, while Republicans go 91 to 7% supporting Trump. And the gender gap is widening. So very curious to hear from the female uh, establishment, the female voters uh, in this audience. Um, are you riding with Trump or are you tiring of Trump? 704-570-1110. In a five-person hypothetical 2024 general election matchup that includes independent and Green Party candidates, Biden receives 39 percent. Trump gets 37 percent. Uh, Independent candidate Robert F. Kennedy gets 14%. Independent candidate Cornell West gets 3%. Green Party Jill Stein gets 2%. Now, in a Biden versus Haley matchup, which is not going to happen, but okay, let's dive into this. Um, 87 to 10% of Democrats support Biden, while Republicans 79 to 4%, and independents 53 to 37% support Haley in the matchup. But this is a national poll. We don't vote nationally. This is the fundamental issue with this poll. We vote by state. We don't vote nationally. Yes, we can look at a national picture, but you have to just stack up W's to find out whether or not you're winning, whether or not you're losing. Like, hey, how are we doing in Arizona? How are we doing in Nevada? How are we doing in Ohio? How are we doing in Pennsylvania? Like, that's that's what this is. This isn't a national race. Yes, there are federal elections, but 
this is not, we don't vote that way. We don't just say, okay, everybody go out and vote really quick here. No, it's an electoral college. And by the way, I want to know, are they polling Trump in Maine? Because they threw him off the ballot. Are they polling Trump in Colorado? Because they threw him off the ballot. I mean, how does this all shake out all the way? Now, I'm starting to doubt whether or not uh, the ladies are really abandoning Donald Trump. So what do you say we, uh, we jump out and we connect with some of the great people in this audience here today who are able to uh, raise those questions? Let's start off with Jennifer. Jennifer, welcome to the program. Hi, how are you? I'm well. Thanks for calling. What's on your mind? Yeah, so I'm anybody but Biden because uh, I'm pro-Trump. This, this does not dissuade me at all. In fact, Biden's a pedophile, and everybody keeps forgetting about that. And uh, obviously the man has some Alzheimer's issues, but Trump all the way for me. What, 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 what policy is the worst policy that Biden has done? I can't even begin to think. Oh, you can't even think. It's just so much. It's embarrassing. Uh And I'm so, every day I'm worried about the country. And when Trump was in before, I remember a friend of mine asking me, well, what do you think? I was like, well, I can finally sleep at night knowing our country is safe. And I just think, I'm just anybody but Biden, but I voted for Trump the first time and Uh the second time. I I got you. Okay, thanks, Jennifer. I appreciate that. Thank uh, yeah, thank you very much. Uh, let the record reflect there is no evidence that he's a pedophile. There is no evidence that he is cognitively in decline. I mean, just, I mean, just an, it could be an opinion, I guess, but it's, we, we have to keep the, the ship of state steering straightly. What was that you said, TJ? Straightly. Yeah. Terry, welcome to the program. Hello. Hello. Hi, my name's Terry. I'm with Donald Trump all the way. Okay. And why is that? Because he's the best president ever. Gotcha. Okay, I appreciate the call. Thank you, Terry. That's uh, succinct and direct and to the point. We like that a lot. Uh, Let's go to Lisa. Lisa, what are you thinking? Hi. Hi, how are you? Hi. Um, I really have to say that um, what issue matters Mm -hmm. if you're not alive? Uh, and no one can ever, ever answer that, ever. I don't care how pro-abortion they are or whatever, mm-hmm, okay? Mm-hmm. And I have absolutely no choice but to vote for Trump, and I'm proud to vote for Trump. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just the system is so rigged and so horrible that, you know, I don't, even, I don't even know if I can trust how my vote is used or not used or thrown away or stolen or whatever. Mm-hmm. I just have to turn things over to God. But if anyone out there can mention to me any issue that matters if you're not alive. I'd really appreciate hearing. So, 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 just because, to, so, so, just so people are yes. clear, you are a pro-life voter. That's what you're you're talking about being a pro-life I, voter. Yes. Okay. Yes, because nothing nothing matters. Immigration, anything. I can't think of anything that matters if you're not alive. Mm-hmm. And his uh, overreaching on everything, his cowardice, his disgustingness on every issue. I'm sorry, his personal opinion. I think I share with a lot of people. The fact that he is our president right now is the most embarrassing, horrible, gut-wrenching. I mean, there are mothers like me across this country that just, we're praying every day. I know a lot of people like that. Our government's not. Yeah. Yeah. I know a lot of people like that. They don't care. Uh, So, so. I'm in that. 
<laughs> no, you're not. An, no, no, no. Look, yeah. all, look. You have a you have your opinion, and that's great. Yeah. That's what's look. This is. I'm just taking a temperature of the room here, and I'm not judging yeah. or, or anything like that. By the way, I've been corrected. Yeah. Somebody just sent me a note and said there's tons of evidence that Biden is in cognitively declined. Uh, now, okay, yes, there is. but officially, <laughs> like there hasn't been an official designation. You know, it's like it's well, like there's been doctors. There's been doctors who know him and have seen him. Yeah, yeah. And looked at him and said, "Oh my God, he's out to lunch." But wait, so, but but let me ask you a question. You Can yeah. I offer you something to maybe think about though, yeah. and maybe this. Will Will be yeah. something that will make you feel a little better. What if okay. Joe Biden goes to East Palestine, Ohio, to 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 soothe the people who were so harmed with the train derailment? Does that maybe make him move up the uh, ladder for you? Are you kidding me? He doesn't give a rat's butt about anything that anybody in East Palestine, Ohio, or yep. anywhere else in this country thinks about. Yeah, he could care less. He's doing what he thinks is politically expedient, putting his finger in the air or whatever. But, I mean, literally, yeah. I mean, the lights are on, apparently, but nobody's home. I got you. And for us to and for people to sit around and pretend yeah. that he's still with us, it's just I keep dreaming that I could be that little boy in the emperor's new clothes oh. that said, excuse me, the guy's naked. You know, uh, I, no! And I'm constantly. <laughs> no, really. I, I mean, know. I know. Anybody going to. Ever see. tell the truth? Yep. You see? I mean, you know, God gave us the Ten Commandments, and they're not the Ten Suggestions. That's a good point. You know what I mean? Big point. Big and point. so, yeah, thou shall not lie. And I am so sick of this, oh, he's fine, he's hardy as a whatever, and I'm thinking, I would not trust that man. And this is not being mean, this is just being honest, uh -huh. to babysit my goldfish. Your goldfish? Oh, my gosh. Well, okay. Yeah. Now, listen, this is why I say, I say this all the time, I say it on the air and off the air. There are no fiercer fighters in this country than women because guys, guys will bail, but women right. will stick to it. And that's that's a this is a great call, Lisa. I appreciate you being out there and, and stay in touch with Thank us. Thank you. You're very welcome. I that's a great that's a great call. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. Grownups are going to a new diaper spa. I have a story about this. I'm really wavering on whether I'm going to do it or not. I just thought you should know it's over at Fox. Renee, welcome to the program. What's on your mind, Renee? Hi, Brett. Hello. Hello. <laughs> I can barely hear you. And oh. I can barely hear me. Am I breaking up? I'm no, you sound, you sound terrific. You sound great. Okay. I've been wanting to talk to you now for about three years, I believe, is when you appeared on the scene. Thank you. Uh, and I want to tell you, you guys did an excellent job. I've never heard a debate like that last night. It was just a real joy. That's thank awesome. You. That's all. Thank you for coming and listening and, and being a part of this, uh, whether you were listening at home or at the event. That is so right. cool. I'm glad you. I'm <laughs> glad you were part of it. Well, thank you. I was tickled to death to be a part of it. Um, I wasn't sure what your original conversation was about because i just got back in the car mm -hmm. but um mm. we were talking what here there's a there's a story that says that joe that joe biden may be picking up some of the uh some of the republican female vote because they don't necessarily like donald trump and so i had thrown a question out there about whether or not females in the audience are supporting donald trump and then uh, just kind of taken taking it from there gotcha couldn't be more perfect <laughs> I 
don't know where that's coming from, and that makes me a little bit, not necessarily angry, but concerned. Sure. Um, Very concerned. And I will just say it in one statement. Donald Trump, like him or not, Mm -hmm. he is the only person that has the gauge on the temperature that what we're dealing with, and I believe he is the only one that can make a difference, period. Mm-hmm. Yes, I voted for him both times, and I'll vote for him again. Well, listen, uh, Renee, that's a, a great call. I appreciate you checking in with us, and I'm so glad you enjoyed the debate, and I'm hoping we're going to do more of them. So uh, thank you very well, much. Please do, and thank you so much. Thank you for all you do. I love your show. Th- thank you. You're very welcome. That's Renee checking in. Barbara, check it in. Hello, Barbara. Hi, Brad. How are you? I'm doing very well, thank you. Yes. What's it's on your It's been a while since I've talked to you, but yeah. when we had the last election, I voted for Trump twice. Gotcha. And I'm going to vote for him again. Mm-hmm. But in the meantime, I have a daughter and a granddaughter. And they voted for Biden. Okay. And my daughter told me that one man can't make a difference. Mm-hmm. But gosh, God has opened up their eyes. I got you. And both of them are going to be voting for Trump, and I'm voting for him again. Very interesting. Um, what, what Of all the challenges we're facing in the country, what do you think is the most important one? The border. Yeah. That's last night when we had the debate, I asked the question in the room and overwhelmingly people put their hands up for the border. Uh, they, they, they it's it's the number one concern because I think people are genuinely very, very fearful of w- who may be coming over that border and what they may have in mind. Exactly. And those police officers that got beaten so badly. Mm hmm. In New York. Yeah, it's a, sh- it's a shame. Week, it's- it was horrible to see on television. Sure was. And then they not get anything except a slap on the wrist and set them free. That's right. That's right. No bail. No, no jail time. That is exactly correct. And that, that's, that's the shame of it, because if it were you or me or anybody else, we'd be in the pokey. But uh, these, these, these folks have got some kind of special protection somehow, and um, it's well, wrong. My husband... My husband and I are both 80, and we require, we ask for a mail-in ballot because my husband is also sight and hearing impaired. Sure. So I was working on that yesterday, and I was researching everybody that was on the ballot for North Carolina. I already knew I was picking for president. So I was researching all of it, and my daughter said, Mama, just give me a copy of what your what your research is. And that's who I'll vote for. Wow. Well, I, I appreciate you checking I in with us. To tell, I tried to tell them whenever we got shut down during the pandemic and required to get all these vaccines mm-hmm. and that it was nothing except government control. Well, that look, that's what government does. Government is in the business of control. That's their number one thing. Any benefit that they give you, you know, that's a side that's a side dish. But boy, they 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 want to have control, Barbara. Great to and talk to you. Them, I said all of, and I told them I said all of this money mm-hmm. that they're sending out to all of us 
Yes. Uh, nothing but something somebody has to pay for That's it. That's exactly right, and Barbara. I won't be around, so it'll be up to you girls. <laughs> They'll be left with that debt. Absolutely. Barbara, a great call. Thank you very much, and best to your husband. I am Brett Witterbull. we got another great hour straight ahead. Don't go anywhere, 704-570-1110. We'll talk border. We'll talk uh, tech talk with what we heard yesterday in the hearings and uh, so much more. News Talk 1110-993 WBT. It is the Brett Winterville Show. It is great to be here with you. Lots of stuff happening out there. So what do you say we uh, we jump right into it directly? Okay. There are a bunch of issues in our country that we are going to have to deal with. Uh, immigration is a huge issue. Energy is going to be a huge issue. Uh, the ideas of, of us defending our infrastructure now. Holy cazoli. I mean, this is... This is unbelievable what we're seeing uh, in this country. Um, we, we, are, we are in a, in a very, very, very dangerous uh, time here in our lives. And one of the things that, that struck me in the last 24 hours was the hearing on big tech with, uh, with Zuckerberg and the rest of the folks who were, who were hanging out uh, with him uh, there at the uh, at the testimony yesterday. Have you got Ted Cruz for me? This is going to be a little bit on the lengthy side. It's a it's a couple of minutes long. Ted Cruz um, does a takedown of uh, of of Mark Zuckerberg that is I think so effective. Um, it's it's remarkable, and he's such a sniveling. Not Ted Cruz, but Zuckerberg is such a sniveling person. All right, fire it up. Let her hear it go. In June of 2023, the Wall Street Journal reported that Instagram's recommendation systems were actively connecting pedophiles to accounts that were advertising the sale of child sexual abuse material. In many cases, those accounts appeared to be run by underage children themselves, often using code words and emojis to advertise illicit material. In other cases... The accounts included indicia that the victim was being sex trafficked. Now, I know that Instagram has a team that works to prevent the abuse and exploitation of children online. But what was particularly concerning about the Wall Street Journal expose was the degree to which Instagram's own algorithm was promoting the discoverability of victims for pedophiles seeking child abuse material. In other words, this material wasn't just living on the dark corners of Instagram. Instagram was helping pedophiles find it by promoting graphic hashtags, including hashtag ped whore and hashtag preteen sex to potential buyers. Instagram also displayed the following warning screen to individuals who were searching for child abuse material. These results may contain images of child sexual abuse. And then you gave users two choices. Get resources or see results anyway. 
Mr. Zuckerberg, what the hell were you thinking? All right, Senator. Um, the, the, the basic science behind that oh, is here we go. that when people are searching for something that is problematic, it's often helpful to, rather than just blocking it, to help direct them towards something that, um, that could be helpful for getting them to get help. In, in what, I also, understand get resources. In what sane universe is there a link for C results anyway? Well, because we might be wrong. We, we try to trigger this, this uh, warning, or we tried to, um, when we th think that there's any chance that the results might be Okay, you might, might be, be wrong. Let me ask you, how many times was this warning screen displayed? I don't know, but the... But the hey, you don't know. Why don't you know? I, I, I don't know the answer to that off the top of my head. But, well, but You know what, Mr. Zuckerberg? It's interesting you say you don't know it off the top of your head, because I asked it... In June of 2023, in an oversight letter, and your company refused to answer. Will you commit right now to within five days answering this question for this committee? We'll follow up on that. Is that a yes? Not a will follow up. I know how lawyers write statements saying we're not going to answer. Will you tell us how many times this warning screen was displayed? Yes or no? Senator, I'll personally look into it. I'm not sure if we have Okay, so you're refusing to answer that. Let me ask you this. How many times... Did an Instagram user who got this warning that you're seeing images of child sexual abuse, how many times did that user click on see results anyway? I want to see that. Senator, I'm not sure if we stored that, but I'll personally look into this and we'll follow up after. And what so you, you, you just hear the, the, the flat emotion from Zuckerberg. Now, that's the guy that pumped millions and millions and tens of millions and hundreds of millions of dollars into the into the election process last time around 2020 he was pumping all that money in, making sure that all that money went into those blue cities and those blue cities had all the votes turning out the way they wanted to these these young people are being trafficked on his platform and he couldn't be more flip about it. He's got kids. He's got kids. As a father, I'd want to. I'd want to get up and cross the room and shake him. Oh, I know he's an MMA fighter. I don't care. <laughs> I mean, if I'm Ted Cruz, I might get up and just go confront him physically, and say to him, "What are you going to do to fix this in the next 48 hours, Mr. Zuckerberg?" Tom Tillis made a heroic argument yesterday, a heroic argument. He said, listen, you guys can fix this or we can fix this for you and we can put you out of business. Maybe that's what needs to happen with, with these platforms. Maybe this is what has to happen with these platforms. 704-570-1110. Let me head on over to uh, Diana. Get a, uh, get a thought from you, Diana, on this upcoming election. Hey, Brad, how are you? I'm well. Thanks for holding on. So I'm driving to work, and my first thought is um, energy. Oh. We're not energy dependent. We're we're SOL uh, in a creek with a leaky boat without a paddle, yep. and I hear banjo music. You, so there you go. You got um, it on that one. Yeah. <laughs> oh gosh. I mean, everything is driven by that. Um, mm -hmm. My son's in the military, and he's getting ready to go to a red hot zone oh. somewhere. Oh, not sorry. here. <laughs> And, I mean, we need fuel for the planes. We need fuel. We need energy for groceries, for the hospitals. 
uh, hospital systems. One of your callers, her primary thing was, I think, abortion. And I get that. I am sympathetic to that. However, that is not the primary issue right. for this election, I think. That, sure. Um, we need... We need security at the border. If we're not secure, we're not, we're not a sovereign nation. That's true. Period. And then and then we're just ripe for, you know, some nefarious uh, country to say, well, we're going to move in here and take care of you. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> if I hear those words again, we're going to take care of you. I'm going to vomit. Yeah. Uh, Diana, yeah, so. you're spot on. You're, you're sp- I'm driving. I'm, I'm going to speed limit. I'm okay. Okay, good. That's important. <laughs> Be safe on the roads. God bless your son. And thank you so much for calling in. Go ahead. All right. Thank you, Brad. Have a good day. You're very welcome, Diana. That was a great call. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. It is the Brett Wearable Show, 704-570-1110. So this this whole situation that's going on with, uh, with Facebook, but all the other big tech uh, companies as well, you know they're they're going to get they're going to get theirs uh, once you have a different administration coming in. But on the way to another d- administration coming in, they're going to want it. They're going to they're going to punish the American people. I, I guarantee you, you're going to see they're going to start to clamp down on commentary during the elections. And I, I, I'm just they're going to go back to what they are. the The tempest must always go back to its nature. That's what happens, right? That's that's what happens. Have you got uh, the clip for me, TJ, from Marsha Blackburn of the state of Tennessee? Uh, she she makes a very compelling argument about the damage being done to young people and trafficking. Go. Senator, our tools for identifying that kind of content are industry leading. That doesn't mean we're perfect. There are definitely issues that we have. But we continue Mr. to Zuckerberg, it, yes, think. there are I, a lot that is slipping through. It appears that you're trying to be the premier sex trafficking no, site. Of course not, Senator. In this uh, country. Senator, that's ridiculous. No, is, it Senator, is not ridiculous. Uh, you want to turn around this, and tell these people that... We don't want this content on our platforms. And we, why don't you take it down? We do take we it down. We are here discussing. We, we, we need you to all to than, work than, with than, us. Than, no, than, you're not. You are not. And the problem is we've been working on this. Senator Welch is over there. We've been working on this stuff for a decade. You have an army of lawyers and lobbyists that have fought us on this every step of the way. You work with NetChoice, the Cato Institute, Taxpayers Protection Alliance, and Chamber of Progress to actually fight our bipartisan legislation to keep kids safe online. So are you going to stop funding these groups? Are you going to stop lobbying against this and come to the table and work with us? Yes or no? Senator, we have a... Yes or no? Of course we'll work with you on on the legislation. Okay, the door is open. We've got all these bills. You You need to come to the table. Each and every one of you need to come to the table, and you need to work with us. Kids are dying. What they have to understand is that there is an emerging bipartisanship, a tiny bit of bipartisanship here, where both sides are irate about what's going on here. I mean, you, you have Section 230, which is still in effect. You can't, you can't, uh, you can't, uh, you know, ban somebody from this. You got to let people have access to the stuff. You got to all of that. There have got to be ways to protect these young people who, in some cases, are committing suicide. In some cases, are committing self-harm. 
uh, what have you. I always like John Kennedy, not the former president, but the current senator from uh, the state of Louisiana. And uh, John Kennedy, he took a nice swing at one of these clowns, and it, and it went like this. I, I, I've listened to, to you today. I've heard a lot of yada, yada, yada. And I've heard you talk about the reforms you've made, and I appreciate them. And I've heard you talk about the reforms you're going to make. But I don't think you're going to solve the problem. I think Congress is going to have to help you. I think the reforms you're talking about to some extent are going to be like putting, putting paint on rotten wood. And I'm not sure you're going to support this legislation. I'm not. Um, the, the fact is that you and some of your Internet colleagues who are not here are no longer, you're, you're not companies, you're countries. You're, you're very, very powerful. And you and some of your colleagues who are not here have blocked everything we have tried to do in terms of reasonable regulation. Everything from privacy to child exploitation. And um, in fact, we, we have a new definition of recession. Um, a recession is when we know we're in a recession when Google has to lay off 25 members of Congress. That's what we're down to. We're also down to this fact that your platforms are hurting children. I'm not saying they're not doing some good things, but they're hurting children. They're hurting children. Now, this is a quandary for the people on the left because the argument that they come at is this. You can have an abortion up to and including birth. Um, children are important if they're transitioning between gender, but if they're if they're being uh, if they're being maltreated at the hands of these traffickers, it's not really a priority for us because, you know, we're not we're not going to really take serious action about this. This I'm, I'm telling you right now, folks, uh, for people in the conservative movement, you already scored a win with Dobbs. You already scored a win with that. You should pick up the mantle with. Marsha Blackburn. You should pick up the mantle with John Kennedy. You should pick up the mantle with Tom Tillis. You should pick up the the mantle with whatever Democrat you can possibly, you know, scrounge up to be a part of this. And it should be a bipartisan thing to protect kids. We're only six years removed from the Me Too movement. And we're tolerating sexual exploitation on social media. Maybe what has to happen is this, and this, I, this will get the Democrats on board. I can guarantee you this, because they love this solution. What do you say we go to the big tech companies, Google, TikTok, Meta, all of them, right? And you just say to them, okay, you guys are going to operate, but we're going to set a brand new tax bracket. We're going to take 50%. We're going to put a 50% rate of taxation, and we're going to take those dollars and remediate the damage that you're doing to children being trafficked, 
people being exploited, etc. I don't want to use taxes as a weapon. That's the last thing I want to use. So maybe you just threaten them with it. You just threaten them with it. You say, you know what we're going to do? You can be in business and you can operate this way, but we have to do the remediation. So you know what? You're, you're, you're going you're gonna to have to pay a, a 75% tax rate. Sorry, Jeff. Sorry, Steve. Sorry, whoever. That's just the way it's going to be. Or, or we can let the market fix this. And the way the market can fix it is to say to these companies, you have got to set a rate for usage in these platforms. A rate that is expensive enough that kids are not going to be on the platforms. 50 bucks a month, 25 bucks a month, whatever it is. Oh, well, I can't keep in touch with my grandma. Call her on a cell phone. FaceTime her. Who cares? If we're going to protect kids, somebody's got to take a hit. The kids, the kids have taken enough hits. Normal people in this culture have taken enough hits. It's now time that the weirdos in Silicon Valley take the hits. Hit them with a tax, hit them with a fee, and make them squeal. That's what they need. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not advocating for higher taxes. I'm just saying we need a targeted strike on uh, on these people that are trafficking kids and selling pornography on the on the platforms, man. It's just it's awful. We have to do something about this, and it has to be done. Jim, welcome to the program. What's on your mind? Hey, Brett. Hello, sir. Uh, yeah, uh, marijuana and bourbon. You could put a hundred percent tax on them, Brett, mm-hmm. but they're still going to be bought and consumed. That's true. Uh, uh, yeah, and uh, yeah, I enjoy a sip of bourbon. The um, um, as far what what about the rules between the FCC and you guys? What do you mean? What are the magic or uh, void seven words? You say it or mm-hmm. flout it, and you can just get turned off. Well, well, right. What could right? That's true. I'm not going to say what those are. People can imagine what they are. But, um, you, yes, we, we, we could face a fine. If we do something that is illegal, we can face a fine. We can face, uh, a, a, you know, real jeopardy if we say certain things or if we report something that's not true, if we create a panic, if, you know, any of that sort of stuff. You have to be very, very careful. There's, In fact, there's brands and I can't get into specifically saying what they are, but there are brands and things that you're not supposed to say because it's a trademark sort of a thing, right? So there's the rules of the road for broadcasters and, and for broadcast stations. Um, and that's, that's one of the big challenges out there. But we have got to figure out a way to hit them in the purse so that it induces them to stop allowing child pornography running through these, uh, these platforms that kids have access to. Yeah, I I don't think taxation certainly fifty percent level will stop it. I, I just don't think it'll have any effect at all. Uh, Meta's one of the most profitable companies for its uh, market cap, right. In the whole world, sure. <laughs> I mean, they print money. They can print money legally. They well, that, oh yeah, it's true. But but here's the thing. I'm I'm going to jump in like the liberals fix everything with taxes. So let's just let's tax uh, Meta. At 100%, 102%. How about we do that? We do 102% tax. You're not going to be able to post any profits until you get all of the uh, child porn off the platform. 
Well, it looks to me like there's going to have to be some kind of citizens board uh, trying oh, to get no. politicians no. out of it. No. Uh, it. It would be appointed, and I would say on a statewide basis, not federal level. Yeah, I, I, these senators are great sound bites. I love to listen to them, <laughs> particularly Cruz and Kennedy. Yes, sir. But but uh, they're not going to stop this at the federal level. The states could. The states could mm, stop it. That's, that's and, a good angle. Yeah, I like the angle where you're going there, Jim. That's a good angle. Uh, well, well, Brent, in my opinion, this country, is the only way it's, this country is going to be held together for the future is through states' rights and initiatives within certain of our states. That's true. And if you want to know what, the, now, that's not to say all these states are going to have a great outcome with any rules or uh, pronouncements they may come up with. Just look at California and what's going on that's there. That's correct. That's right. But you can also point to some, you know, there's a reason everybody in California is trying to move right here to North Carolina. And I'm just afraid the way they're coming, so many of them, we're going to look like California in another 30 years. God help us if we do. Uh, well, but but, but but that you have the you have the power to stop that though. See, that's what's important because you have the power to enact those policies. I think somewhere in the state legislature, we got the power to stop Mr. Zuckerberg too. Uh, I'd love to see it. Young, young children. I'm That's with you. What I think. I'm, I'll stand with you on, on 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 those gates all day, every day, Jim. Uh, I I I think that's a great I think that's a great way to look at that. Yeah, and, and here, here's one other thing we could do. We could go to these uh, uh, companies uh, like Spectrum, uh, the people that actually Verizon that actually put the signal in your device or in mm-hmm. your computer. Mm-hmm. Go to them. And say, hey, you want to continue doing business in uh, Mecklenburg County or mm-hmm. uh, parts of North Carolina? Well, you're going to do this to Mr. Meta, Mr. Zuckerberg, and all those other ones out there that are nefarious. Mm-hmm. And we're going to, if you don't, we're going to shut your license down or strictly shut your bandwidth down. So if you want to be on there, you're going to have to put some effort out to get a signal. Great stuff. Hey, I appreciate you being out there. You're a great patriot. Thank you for being on the show, my friend. You bet. You got it. That's uh, Jim checking in. I mean, look, there's there's very few things that I think rise to the level of an imperative. Like, here's what I think is an imperative, okay? Um, veterans should not be sleeping out on, on the streets or under bridges. Um, we owe them that. Um, we, we should never tolerate the exploitation of children we should never tolerate the trafficking of children i believe and i have believed this for a long time that coyotes that traffic human beings should face the death penalty because the only way you can fix that problem is a permanent solution Um, eventually they'll either stop doing it or they'll be greatly reduced and easily found but it's up to us to protect the vulnerable, the truly vulnerable, not not the people who are upset because their DoorDash got there five minutes too late, not not because I, I can't I can't get on the super high speed internet and go gaming. I mean, those are all important things, but there are imperatives in our society, imperatives. Uh, any man, woman, or child should be safe to walk the streets of any community. Uh, and not have to expect that they're going to catch a round. These are imperatives. Before we do anything in Iran, before we do anything in Ukraine, before we do anything in this place and that place and who cares to stand, um, ladies and gentlemen, we have got to secure our own country. We can help nobody 
if we can't help ourselves and we have got to commit to be engaged in a proactive way to to protect the vulnerable who are not able to be protected. Law enforcement should be allowed to do their job. And if you have a dirty cop, you fire him. But you should never presume every cop is dirty. They're willing to do the dirty work that the elites will not do. And those elites like Susan Sarandon and those yappers will just come on out and start making noise, preening and dancing like a flamingo. But they're not going to be there to help secure a neighborhood, protect an old woman uh, trying to get her medicine, protect a, a, a vulnerable child that's being induced to, to do something horrible. Each and every one of us has a role to play in this. And we should stand up for those who can't stand up for themselves. And we should demand change. You know, it's interesting. Just last week, we, we heard how Joe Biden and Kamala Harris and the whole Senate and the Supreme Court were going to come down hard on Greg Abbott. Hard on, on what's going on with the razor wire in Texas. You notice the president's blinked. He hadn't done jack, diddly, or squat about it. By the way, in the overnight hours, another county in Texas voted. They voted to declare an invasion in the state of Texas. 50, 53 counties in the state of Texas have said, yes, we are under an invasion. And that's why 26, 27 other states are backing them up. So Jim's right when he talks about the state's rights. But the state's rights are only as good as the rights of the citizens are willing to defend the state's rights. News Talk 1110-993 WBT. It is uh, good to be with you here today. 704-570-1110. You know, I, uh, I got to tell you something here. There's there's a lot of stuff going on, and um, you know one of the one of the things that we've got to do uh, that's very important. Uh, one of the things that's hugely important is this um, this idea of kind of enjoying life. You know, we many many times, ladies and gentlemen, we we get to this place where um, people are not enjoying life. They're, they're getting consumed completely by the, the negative news and things like that out there. And, and so um, I, I, what, I, what I have resolved to do for this year is to enjoy the beauty of life. And I know it sounds kind of crazy to hear that from a guy like me. Um, but the fact of the matter is, you know, politics is politics, but life is, is a very important journey. And we've been blessed to live in this country. We have been blessed to, to be here in this in this nation um, with the opportunities that we have. And, you know, what what we need to understand about this sort of stuff is enjoying life is a choice. You know, enjoying life is a is a choice. It, it, it is all, all the time. Um, the politicians enjoy life to the fullest. They they they. They they absolutely enjoy it to the fullest, and so, and so I um, you know I I want to you know reach out and share some of that joy with you, 
and there's an opportunity to uh, you know to 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 kind of do that and to do the thing that that that's out there. And so here's here's what here's what I want to do. I'm going to have a conversation later on. I'm going to have a conversation coming up in this next hour with my friend uh, uh, Charles Curl. Um, and we're going to talk about this really cool trip we're going to do at the end of the year. And I know it's crazy, right? Because it's February right now, and we're talking about doing something in November. But between now and then, there'll be an election. And that's what we're going to uh, uh, do. So I want to I want to just kind of prime you for that at 535. We're going to have that conversation. It's important if you're going to be a warrior and you're going to try to save your country and you're going to try to make things better and you're going to do all that sort of stuff. The most important thing, the most important skill set you can have is to be a joyful warrior, somebody who wants to get into the mix, wants to get into the fight, but persuade people, not browbeat people. That's 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 an important uh, reality of the world we're living in today. If you're going to try to convince me that I shouldn't vote this way or I shouldn't support this policy, um, you can't do it by yelling. You can't do it by yelling. And here's your best example. Remember right after the attacks uh, over in Israel on October the 7th and then there were the days of rage and people were going out and they were yelling and screaming at people and they were defacing uh, monuments and memorials and things like that. And then do you remember what happened? Then they started blocking traffic. They started blocking traffic. How does that dissuade somebody from supporting a particular position when you're inconveniencing them, that they can't go to work, they can't get to their kid's soccer game. It's because we have lost the ability to understand debate, persuasion, discussion, all that sort of stuff. And what we have picked up, unfortunately, is the mantle of rage. Rage. We all get angry. We all get frustrated. We all get all that sort of stuff. But if you want to persuade somebody, you're not going to get them to, to agree with you if you're just sitting there going, I, I hate everybody. Everybody is a devil and you're terrible and I hate you and everybody hates everybody. And, and I mean, you know, that doesn't why would you want to be part of that? I mean, if that's what you wanted to be a part of. You know, you can you can you can go you can go to Philadelphia for that. I mean, Philadelphia is a very angry town. I got a lot of angry people in Philadelphia. I mean, they, they have to grease the poles when they try to climb them and all that kind of stuff. I'm not trying to be mean, but you get what I'm saying. Who wants to affiliate with someone that's yelling and screaming? People want to affiliate when people are having fun. You ever played disc golf? I haven't. I haven't. Have you played, have you played disc golf? I've never played disc golf. I own no discs. I own no golf club. So I, I have no ability to play that game. Very difficult. But the people that I see playing it, you know, throwing it into into these uh, these different containers and, and whatnot, they're having a good time. God bless them. I, it makes me happy. I I get happy when I see people having a good time. You should close the curtains, anyways. But I I I like I like seeing people enjoying themselves. Shut the curtains, anyways. I love watching people have a good time with their kids out with grandma, all that kind of stuff. And so the fact of the matter is, you're not going to persuade people. If you run up if you run up on someone and go, who are you voting for? They're going to run from you. They're going to jump. They're going to jump away. They're going to jump around. They're going to get up, get up, and get down. I mean, it's these are the problems we have in our culture. We're going to persuade people. 
but we're not going to yell at them. No smacking involved. No yelling. No pointing. No no spittle coming off your lips because you can't believe that you're going to vote for that or this. Persuade. Hey, would you like your taxes lowered? Hey, would you like your streets safer? Hey, would you like to try to help out some people that are really not being able to get along? Um, what do you say we get together and do this? See, everything is like mash the gas and go. But you mash the gas, you lose control of the car at some point. Everything's got to be managed. Last night's debate, by the way, very civil. I didn't, I, I didn't see any of those uh, politicians and would-be politicians um, getting into any kind of assaults or verbal assaults or anything like that. Very respectable, very respective. We loved it. The perspective was amazing. We had a great panel asking questions. So coming up, we're going to relive a little bit of that with our good friend, Beth Troutman. Stick around. News Talk 1110993 WBT. News Talk 1110993 WBT. You know what that song means? That means it's Beth Troutman in the his house. It's uh, great to be with you. And uh, we are crossing the streams, courtesy of PhD Weight Loss and Nutrition. Uh, Beth Troutman, have you uh, adapted since last night and the incredible debate that we had as a, uh, as a station uh, with the great people of D8? I, I mean, it was, it was just absolutely incredible. Uh, have you gotten enough rest? You know, I did. I try not to nap usually uh, so that I can go to bed early and stay on my crazy morning show schedule. But I'm not going to lie. I did take about a two hour nap this afternoon uh, because we got about, you know, three hours of sleep, I think, last night before we came in to do the morning show uh, this morning. But I will say 100 percent, it's so worth the time. It is so worth all of the energy and effort you put into events like that because, we generated really interesting conversations. We allowed voters to, to get to know six candidates. One of those candidates will more than likely be the congressperson from that district. And we got to get to know them um, as well. And I even had one of the greatest things that happened. I had this uh, a great exchange um, this morning over text with Lee Brown, who was one of the six who was on the stage. Yeah, she was great. Uh, Yes. Well, she she had a moment last night, and we played it on our show. Um, you know, the I think Pete Callender and Mark Garrison both brought up the issue of the Dobbs um, ruling and whether or not the federal government should get back involved in the abortion issue. And Lee had a moment on stage where she talked about um, motherhood being, you know, making life um, better and more beautiful. And I, I, I am paraphrasing and you know, more meaningful right. for women. And um, not at all that I disagree, but I talked all this morning about how, you know, for me as a woman who wasn't able to have children, that answer stung. You know, there was, mm-hmm. it, it, it felt 
painful in um, some really like personal ways because I have worked very hard to create a meaningful life and meaningful relationships and a beautiful life with my nieces and my nephews and you know sometimes life works out in a in a different way and I talked about that in a very and I was trying to be you know very vulnerable and just completely open and honest because I and Bo knows because he's such a great partner in the in the morning, and we, we we are such great friends and such great coworkers that when that answer came out, we looked at each other on the stage, and he knew that it broke my heart in that moment. And I got this in the moment today on the show, this beautiful text from Lee that said, "You know, this is adding a different layer to the conversation, and I always want to be more articulate, and I always want to be more thoughtful." And isn't that exactly what you want? Isn't yes. that exactly the kind of conversation that you want to generate and you want to create? And I have to hand it to her for she was listening to the show. You know, she was up early this morning, even though she was up late last night with us. And that's exactly the kind of thing that this kind of event does. You know, it generates those kinds of conversations, not only with us, mm-hmm. but with listeners and with constituents and the people who want that job are people who are are being hired and paid with tax dollars to represent the people, and you want to have conversations like that with people. And that, to me, was just a just a really really great moment um, because I took something that that felt very personal. And we turned it into something really beautiful, and right. it's a testament to her, and a testament to vulnerability, and a testament to honesty on you know both of our parts. And that is what's so remarkable about important conversation. Right, and and what's what's incredible um, is the way that you get to common ground in this moment in the conversation, and and you've created uh, because you have seen it. She she has seen it from your point of view. You see it from her point of view, and you have got a bond there. Then at that point, in, mm-hmm. instead of um, instead of something that's a negative experience per se, it is something where there is a bonding moment where you, you'll you'll remember that you know for for a, a long time, which I think is which I think is phenomenal because we're supposed to learn from each other. I mean, it's, we're supposed exactly, to exactly, and that's. That's what you want from our congressmen and women. You know, you were talking about finding happiness um, in the last segment, finding joy and beauty in the world. And, and I think one of the best ways that we can do that is finding commonality and sharing our experiences and sharing our ability as human beings to love and to empathize and to understand other people's perspectives and points of view. And so all of that, I've just been thinking about it, you know, all day, all of that's kind of a, you know, this tiny little, it's like a microcosm of what we want the world to be and what it can be. If we take the time and the patience and, and, and the courage to be vulnerable and to talk and to listen and to to have the important conversations that, that, that might need to be had that may not seem important to one person, might be life-changing to another person. And I, I adore that about being human. Yeah. I, look, it's, it's spot on, Beth. You, when you think about kind of where, where we are... That was a very civil conversation last night. There were clearly people on the stage who disagreed on policy, disagreed on on any number of things. But e- even with people who had their own candidates that they were supporting and th- they were a part of, um, everybody sat there in a very civil way. And I think it was I think it was a, a, a very nice compliment, not just for the people in that room, 
but it's it's it says something special about WBT as well because we're able to have these conversations discussions nobody got up and 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 threw a chair nobody yelled nobody cursed nobody did that it was really just a matter of uh, giving and and taking and conversating and and doing all of that with 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 people on the stage who were from all kinds of different backgrounds but successful in all of their endeavors and their paths. I mean, yeah, think about the, just that group of six candidates. You have a farmer, you have a self-made entrepreneur, you have a real estate agent, you have a, a pastor of a Baptist church, you have such a such an eclectic group of people, a, a former JAG, you know, Navy mm-hmm, officer who worked mm-hmm. at the Pentagon, who's an author. I think he's written somewhere around it's thir- between 13 and 16 books. Yep. I mean, think about that group of people and the, the, the degrees of, of life lesson that they've gotten from their varied backgrounds. And... I mean, the, that in and of itself just shows what a remarkable nation this is yes. to, to give people opportunities as men and as women to, to find success and to find your own passion or what you're really, really great at and grow it. And, and you know, one of my favorite, favorite moments of the entire night came from Alan Bauckham when we um, <laughs> asked the question about whether or not you're conservative, and he talked about the fact that his shoes were yeah. 47 years old. Yes, and they're still in good <laughs> shape. They were shine. <laughs> yes, and they were in great shape. He got up and you know, showed, off of, he showed off his shoes, and you know, what a great moment of levity, what a great moment of humor, and a great example, and you were awesome in that moment, because you were like, you know what? Stop there. That's a great answer. <laughs> yeah, that was Pete saying that, but that's exactly right on. I mean, that, well, that was Pete. And that was incredible. And by the way, I want to I give a a shout out to you and, and Bo because you guys had a stand there for basically two hours after doing the pregame uh, for for the debate because you were the moderators uh, there. We were just sitting on our duffs uh, asking questions, but you guys had to keep it functioning and moving. And th- these these two were standing up there the whole time, and that that, that that's not. Hey, and I was in heels. Uh, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> that's why you deserve the nap. You know what I mean? I mean, come on now. And you got your you got your workout in there, so there you know there you go. Um, what you, exactly, my leg muscles have been officially worked out for the day. There you go. <laughs> what do you got coming up tomorrow on the big show? Well, tomorrow our uh, favorite and Charlotte's most beloved John Hancock will join us in the nine o'clock hour, as he always does on Fridays. We're also going to talk about the upcoming Grammys. There are going to be some special performances what? at the Grammys from people that we haven't heard from in quite some time. So that's going to be quite exciting. Plus, we'll talk politics. We'll talk overnight headlines, and we'll talk some of the pop cultural stories that'll make you smile, give you something to talk about at work, and hopefully get you headed into your day feeling good about the world. That's how you should. Feel. Feel. Wake up, feel good about the world, and then get to it. I uh, appreciate you being yeah. there, Beth Troutman. You're great. Thank you, Brett Winterbull. News Talk 1110 WBT. It is the Brett Winterbull Show, 704 570 1110. Let's go back out on the phones, take some calls. Let's talk to Kat next up. Hello, Kat. Welcome to the program. Hi there. Hi. Can you hear me? I hear All you. All of a sudden you went away. I hear you. Yes. Yes, I hear so, you. So I'm going to very gently try to have this be one of those when the rubber meets the road kind of phone calls because we were just, you were just talking a little bit ago, 45 minutes or so about, you know, all the child trafficking and pornography and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then just after that, at four or something in the afternoon, mm-hmm. 
here comes the ad once again for cheap Viagra, hmm. which at drive time, when you're going home with your, you know, middle school kids after ball practice, that's just not, mm-hmm. it doesn't go along with what we want in our country, mm-hmm. right? That's half of what drives all that craziness is the whole, you know, the whole world being driven by sex. I, I think I think there's gradations of of um, s- sexual content. Um, when I was talking, I'm sure, I think so too. But there's also like appropriate, like that would be a fine ad. So on the radio, right at nine thirty at night. So well, but it. I mean, everybody's in their car at four o'clock in yeah. the afternoon with their kids. Do the do 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 the children do the children know what that is? After they're probably about ten, I would guess. Yeah, nowadays. Wow, yeah. I, that that's that's you know it's certainly and obviously not a product. Well, yeah, it's obviously absolutely. not a it's obviously not a product uh, that is intended for children. And I would it's I would not intended I, for I them. Would, and actually, well, there would, have been studies that yeah, show I, I understand. That a lot of younger kids are yes, madam. Yes, I understand. Listen, I, I here, here's the thing. Um, it starts with us. The discuss- Yes, it does. And 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 what we were talking about with um, what's going on over at Facebook and the other platforms is. Um, child sexual exploitation that is child pornography um that is that is a big difference that is a big difference that is criminal um the to to do that stuff is criminal um this is a product that's advertised um on television it's advertised on radio and i I think we're just going to have to agree to disagree i know i know you're offended i know you're offended but the reality of the matter is it's an advertisement for a product that's available. It's a legal product that's available. It's intended for adults. And, um, you know, I, I, I would not put it in the same category as to what they're doing uh, there uh, on Capitol Hill. Oh, I and, don't either. and so, I well, then I'm glad I'm glad we've come to. Time. I think it's terrific <laughs> that we came to an agreement in that regard. So I uh, invite you to continue to listen to the program and uh, pay, patronize all of our uh, all of our advertisers uh, to the extent that you want to patronize them. But I, I do appreciate uh, your, your thoughts on that. But I, again, uh, we're not going to turn into the Taliban uh, and, 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 and ban everything. But there are things that are clearly beyond the pale that we hear from uh, with, with folks uh, looking at um, what's happening over at uh, Meta. Lynn, welcome to the program, Lynn. Hi, Brett. Hi. I wanted to talk to you about uh, Ray coming before Congress today and stating that there is a major, major conflict with China right now, and a very grave danger. Yes. And he said it's the gravest danger mm-hmm. of our generation. So he says they are looking over all of our systems, mm-hmm. including all the utility systems, and how they can hack into them. Well, I and, I don't see I don't I don't respect Christopher Ray and I don't believe Christopher Ray. I think this I'm is just, uh, I, I think this I, is I don't like him either, mm-hmm. but I'm just stating what he's saying mm-hmm. right now in front of Congress. Right. So and that uh this is to counteract, I believe, mm-hmm. what came forward again today from retired FBI agents at the top of their classes. Mm -hmm. In other words, leaders in the FBI, not just the middle of the FBI, have signed a letter saying that what our 
country is going through right now mm-hmm. is horrendous. Yep. And that we are in the midst of going to be um, very um, much in grave danger mm-hmm. from China, we are. Russia, we are. and the collaboration mm-hmm. between the two, but also Iran mm-hmm. and North Korea. Yeah. Have yeah, no, listen, you're right. The access as well. You're right, Lynn. I was Lynn. glad to see that top echelon yeah. in the FBI mm-hmm. have signed this and mm-hmm. come forward mm-hmm. in stating this. You know, it's interesting because I would rather hear from Murky Garland than Christopher Ray, who's a, he's a paid hack. Um, and, and the fact of the matter is, I don't know that I believe these warnings. And I'm going to tell you why. I, I don't necessarily believe these warnings. Um, I think this is going to be the beginning of a clampdown of some sort. We're going to have to, you know, surrender certain liberties and freedoms. And we're going to have to get on board with uh, whatever the, uh, the, the imperative is going to be. We've been down this road before. It was once upon a time COVID. It's now they're talking disease X. Now they're talking about whatever else this is. I, I, I am just very cynical about this crew uh, from from Lloyd Austin to Chris Ray to uh, Mayorkas to uh, all of that. And by the way, this would be a warning that would benefit Mayorkas greatly and give him a chance to slip out from being impeached. So we have to understand that all of this is political. We are certainly in danger. I have no doubt about that. Um, but they are trying to make this very big so that what uh, Alejandro Mayorkas and Chris Ray can ride to the rescue of the American. I, 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 Lynn, I appreciate the call. Um, I'm just, I'm a little cynical, folks. I'm sorry. Just a little tiny bit. <music> News Talk 1110 WBT. It is the Brett Witterbull Show. 704-570-1110. Good to be with you. So, got a lot of calls stacking up on the board. We will take uh, we will take uh, uh, a number of these calls. You're just gonna just gonna hang out here for a little bit with us. Um, it is a uh, it is a real pleasure to spend this time with uh, this audience. And look, by the way, we can disagree, and we're still friends. It's awesome. It's one of the best things about. Uh, about being in the world today, you know. I mean, we can we don't have to agree on absolutely everything. It is a um, it is it's just one of those things. I want to uh, welcome back to the program for the first time on this topic, Charles Curl from Cruise and Tour. How are you, Charles? I'm doing great, Brett. How you doing? I'm doing great. Listen, we are uh, very excited. I know you and I are very very excited about this trip that we've got coming up. At, at the end of the year, nearer to the end of the year, November 29th to December 8th, 10 great days, nine nights, and we're going to be at the uh, Christmas Market Wonderland along the Danube. Talk a little bit about what this looks like, Charles. This looks like a Christmas lover's dream come true. Um, so uh, just, just so I, I think pictures kind of really paint the overall picture here. Uh, anybody who's even who loves Christmas needs to go to tourwithbrett.com right now, just so they have this picture in their mind here. Um, I mean, imagine cobblestone stone streets, old world Europe. I mean, the most extravagant Christmas 
decorations set against uh, some of the most beautiful architecture in the world. Uh, this is the Christmas lover's dream come true right here. And, uh, you know, the dates that we have for you, you mentioned already November 29th to December 8th. This is the premier week to do this because for most people, you get a little bit anxious as you're, you're gearing up for Christmas mm-hmm. here. This is literally right after Thanksgiving. Uh, you get your, all your Christmas shopping done in the most beautiful place in the world. And, and then you get home on uh, December 8th, ready to go, time to gear up for all the holiday parties. Uh, this literally is the perfect time to do this experience. And, and what's so incredible about this is we're going to be cruising on one of the premier uh, uh, ships there in, 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 the, um, in the Danube. It's going to be incredible there. Yeah, uh, not one of the premier. This is Uniworld, and Uniworld is the number one rated cruise, uh, river cruise line in the world. Uh, having experienced it myself personally, mm-hmm. I can say <laughs> you, you and Sherry and your listeners are in for a treat. And just going beyond that, um, not just your listeners, but we've teamed up with a couple of like-minded uh, hosts, uh, and we've got the entire boat. So this is going to be a big old celebration with people who share common interests, common goals, common thought here. And um, now, Uniworld, if I could say, you know, sum it up, the service is second to none. Um, the accommodations are impeccable, um, and everything is included in this experience. You know, it's 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 simply stunning, and uh, this is such a great opportunity for people to uh, to tour at a very special time of the year. Like you said, this is the premier time to go because you're getting right into the spot where you're getting into the holidays. So we're talking about beginning in Vienna. And then making our way to Dernstein, uh, Austria, and cruising the Wachau Valley. These are areas that have villages and castle ruins that that, uh, adorn the the shoreline. And these are incredible places to walk and and to spend time with. And by the way, I heard that they've got uh, apricot schnapps there. Apricot schnapps, uh, gluevine. So, you know, in every market um, that you go to, if you choose to, to go to the markets, and there's plenty of opportunities to do that along the way, uh, each one of them has local specialties. So, you know, when you stop in Linz, you better believe that you should be trying some Linz or Tort. Um, you know, uh, you're going to have your opportunity to eat plenty of incredible sausages along the way and uh you know and, and drink that glue wine that warmed mulled wine as you as you do your christmas shopping in these outdoor markets you know one of the things that i love about this overall experience is that you know uniworld does it so that all of your tours are included with the trip so uh but it's not like you have to get online and kind of lock in everything mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. things are going to sell out or anything like that literally in the evening what happens is you meet for cocktail hour and of course all those cocktails are included. Uh, the cruise director gets up there and they tell you, hey, here's what we're going to be doing tomorrow. You can go and check out the world's largest Christmas market in Nuremberg, or we can take you on a countryside tour in the Bavarian forest to, um, you know, tour a cider factory or cider farm. Uh, you know, and so every day you kind of get a little sneak peek as to what you're going to do tomorrow. You sign up for a tour. It's totally relaxed, but all included. Uh, it is literally, if I, you're asking me, this is the yeah. perfect uh, way to travel here. It's, it's, it's phenomenal. I mean, it's, it literally is phenomenal. We're, and we're working with some, some great, uh, great people, especially including
including um, the great people over at Folds of Honor, um, uh, Charles. Uh, that 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 that's that's a big uh, a big big thing for us. Yeah, you know, when we uh, we kind of formed a partnership earlier this year with uh, Folds of Honor, and for us, uh, we know that your listeners um, are aware of Folds of Honor. They're aware of the incredible work that they do to provide uh, scholarship dollars for, um, you know, disabled service members, fallen service members, uh, first responders. And so anytime we get an opportunity to include them into anything we do, um, we, 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 we definitely make our best effort to do that so we're going to actually have someone uh from folds of honor joining us on the trip she uh her husband is um you know uh, was a recipient or her family was recipient of uh, folds of honor awards so it's uh it's pretty special to include that and make this really that all-encompassing if you think about christmas the season of giving and uh and happiness um you know it was, it was an honor to, to join the, or have them join into the experience here now this is this is what i want folks to do i want them to check it out uh you can get all the information at at tour with brett b-r-e-t-t tour with brett.com all the details are, are there um, you'll be able to reach out to the cruise and tour people with any questions you have. This is an all-inclusive, superior trip that, that we're going to be making November 29th to December the 8th. Ten days, nine nights, and we're going to be we're going to be on this incredible ship and um, getting to know each other and getting to spend time with these great heroes. It's going to be phenomenal. Uh, what what else should should these folks understand? This is going to move very quickly. Charles, so I think the imperative is now to, to to get in here and lock this in. Yeah, I think I think the biggest thing for me, this is you know, I, I grew up in Wisconsin. This is a we you know, my roots are in value. You know, knowing when something is a you know an incredible price or an incredible value, and you know when we put this trip together here, I think when when folks see the price and for what's included, sometimes you hear luxury and you're like, oh my gosh, that's going to be so expensive, but. Uh, it's actually uh, it's actually not when it comes to all of the some of the parts here, your flights, uh, that hotel in Vienna, uh, all of the little details taken care of, all of your tours, all of your gourmet meals, uh, all of your all of your drinks. Um, you know, it the, the sum of this vacation is literally the perfect way you can cap off your year. And you mentioned, yeah, you're right. These types of trips do go quickly because it is a special event. There's only the Christmas markets at a certain time of year, and we've got that uh, premiere date. So if this is something your listeners are thinking about, we just always encourage them to jump it up and jump on it before it's gone. Uh, absolutely. Uh, check it out, tourwithbrett.com, tourwithbrett.com. Uh, their phone number, uh, if you want to reach out to them, 800-383-3131. Cruising Tour is a, a, a great top-notch organization. I have been so thrilled with everything we've been doing with them, and I'm so excited for this next journey. Charles, great stuff. I'm looking forward to it. Thank you so much for putting this together for us. Really appreciate it, Brett. Have a great night. Thanks a lot. You as well. Absolutely. That's Charles Curl. <music> News Talk 1110-993-WBT. It is the Brett Whittable Show. Let's grab this call from Barbara. Hello, Barbara. Welcome to the show. Hi. Brett. Yes. <laughs> I've already talked to you once. Oh, double dipping. When I was hearing them talk to you about Nikki Haley, and I just wanted to put a reminder out there. Uh The reason that she is having a problem is because she is a globalist. Mm. She sold 
hundreds of acres of land in South Carolina around Fort Jackson to the Chinese. And she invited them Mm -hmm. to bring multiple businesses into the state. I understand. Uh, you know what? That's a good reminder, uh, Barbara. I do appreciate you uh, reaching back out on that. I, I, um, uh, you know, I always thought that she was up there, mm-hmm. but then whenever I found out that that had happened while she was governor, yes, I said no way. Right on. There you go. I appreciate you uh, alerting us to that, and and thank you for calling back. Thank you. You're very welcome, Barbara. It's uh, wonderful to have you back. That was um, that was a double dipper. Yeah, we double dipped. Isn't that a lyric from the uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers? I think a roller coaster of love. I'm a double dipper. I mean, I think that's I think they they covered that song. I know you get the Grammys coming up this weekend. TJ's all fired up for the Grammys. Maybe not. Maybe I'm just implying that in, uh, inaccurately. I'm just mad that they keep snubbing me. What's that about? Artist that should be in. The Rock and Roll Hall of Fame that is not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Yeah, think about that. You want? I'll give you the answer right now. Okay. I'll give you the answer right now. Right now, you guys want the answer to that? I'll give you the answer. Kansas. Oh, what? Kansas is not in the Come Rock on. and Roll Hall of Fame. That's fine. That's fine. Oh, uh, uh, if you want to talk to TJ about Kansas deserving to be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, uh, 704-570-1110. Actually, the special number to get him is 704-570-1110. You're not supposed to give that one out. But here we are. What did I do? Well, you know what's going to happen. Um, Isaac is going to have to uh, deal, deal with the folks. Yeah. Isaac is going to be in charge of dealing with the folks. That's that's what I'm telling you that I think Kansas could be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. They have a great basketball program. Why not? I mean, what what did I say? Did I say something wrong? Yeah. Your opinion is just dust in the wind, man. Wow. Well, you carry on my wayward son. What about the Doobie Brothers? Are the are the Doobie Brothers in the Rock They're and Roll Hall of Fame? Apparently not in the Hall of Fame. That's a better choice. Than I think you'd have to put the two of them in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. But that's not the, that's not the Grammys. But they, wrote, they, they, they sold a lot of records, both of those, both yeah. of those groups. I'm, I'm shocked, actually, that, the, 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 that the, the Brothers El Dubo are not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Okay, Chris, uh, Chris, Kirsten Cinema is believed to be retiring. How do we know this? And I'm going to talk about this coming up in the next hour. Kirsten Cinema is spending more than $100,000 a month on personal security, isn't raising any money, and is shelling out for first-class plane tickets after railing against first-class. How's about that? In 2018, as a U.S. House member and Senate candidate, Cinema co-wrote a bill seeking to crack down on the lawmaker use of personal funds for first-class air travel, among other luxuries. Arizonans are sick and tired of seeing Washington bureaucrats use their hard-earned tax dollars for personal gain. Cinema said in a constituent email in 2018 that private luxury travel is a problem. So they're not happy about this. And what they're wondering is, is she bailing? Is she going to bail? Because, you know, she was sort of kind of half-measure half running. 
But the other people that are running are not getting traction either because you've got open borders people who are running in Arizona. And Arizona understands we don't need uh, open borders people because you already have an open borders president right now. So, you know, what, what, what comes next? How does this happen? Well, according to the Federal Election Commission filings made public this week, Cinema's Personal Political Action Committee, the Getting Stuff Done Pack, are you kidding? Spent more than $5,800 on first-class airfare for the senator in the second half of 2023. Must be nice. I'd like to fly first class. That would be nice. You'd like to fly first class. We want to be with the, with the, with the rabbles. We don't want to be sitting with the rabble. We want to sit with the first classers. Unusually, the pack paid nearly $4,000 in airfare in August, not to an airline, but to a big tobacco conglomerate called Altria. It also paid $1,800 in airfare to FedEx Corporation Travel. A lot of money getting spent by her, and she may not be rerunning. Let's keep an eye on this story. It's a big story. Plenty more straight ahead. It is a pleasure to be here today. 704-570-1110. I, I really I can't believe Kansas is not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And I can't believe that the Doobie Brothers aren't in the Rock and Roll no Hall of Devo Fame. No Devo either? Is Devo not in the Hall of Fame? Apparently Motorhead isn't either. Motorhead isn't in there. Come on. F- Hall of Fame. Hall of Shame. Exactly. News Talk 1110 99.3 WBT. I, I, I've listened to, to you today. I've heard a lot of yada, yada, yada. The baby, baby, the baby. We can't stop here. This is bad country. That is astonishing. Cut out the jibber jabber. Don't be babbling like a fool. Say what you got to say. That's all. Then shut your dang pie hole. The following takes place between 6 p.m. and 7 p.m. News Talk 1110-993 WBT, the fourth hour underway. It is great to be with you. I'm Brett Witterbull, 704-570-1110. Good to be with you today. Lots of stuff happening. By the way, did you see what happened? Lloyd Austin finally came out and made a statement and said that, well, maybe he should have possibly maybe informed some people about what was going on with him. But he thought he was going to be okay, and he didn't expect to be sidelined the way he was, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I'm, I'm paraphrasing. But nevertheless, nevertheless, this, this was a real difficult situation all the way around. I mean, this was a very, very difficult situation all the way around. And so as a consequence of that, now he's back in the saddle just in time for what? For our military operations to start taking off uh, against whatever place we're going to bomb and then pretend like it's been handled? I mean, I, 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 for the life of me, I can't, I can't figure this out at all. So people have been patiently holding on, and I'm going to take some calls here. Uh, I want to take Stan first up. Stan, welcome to the program, Stan. Okay, you know, you know how like the media will always steer you in a direction. Yes, sir. But that's not what you should be looking at. No, mm-hmm. They're steering you where they want you to look. And so far with Lloyd Austin, all we've been told is who we think should have known what was going on and who did not. And you don't, you do not go to a hospital and get an ambulance ride without people knowing who you are. Mm-hmm. Your doctors have your records; they know who you are. There's nurses there; they're there around the clock. They change shifts. Mm-hmm. The thing we ought to be concentrating on is not who we think should have known who didn't, but who did know. Mm. 
my point is, I will bet you Barack Obama and Susan Rice knew. Mm, wow. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. You, 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 you understand where I'm going with this? Mm-hmm. 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 Now let me let me say something here, okay? Okay. I, I don't know I don't know what the what what the story is, and obviously he's going to serve at the pleasure of the president. The president can fire right. him at any time that he wants. You know, fire anybody any any time he wants uh, as well. My guess is, if he fired him, it would be very difficult to confirm another uh, secretary of defense because it's a campaign year, right? And, and people would be preening and priming and acting like, you know, the way people do when you're in one of these big time confirmations. The other right. part is he is that Joe Biden, President Biden, clearly does not want to have any more chaos on his watch. He's, he's already had about 400 things that are chaotic. He probably doesn't want to do any more of that, you know. And, and so uh, I, I think that is one of the, the stories that we're that we're seeing here, you know. I mean, it's well. well my, my question is, uh, could it get any more? Could it get any more chaotic? Yeah, oh, sure, it could. A hundred percent, it could. Now, 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 Stan. I, mean, I understand. Yeah, it could, but you know. But Stan, Stan, I want to get to the most important part of this, okay? And 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 this is about you. So th- this is why it's important to me. Uh-huh. Did you hear the debate last night? I heard. I heard. Uh, I wasn't able to watch it last night, but I've heard like just all the snippets today. What questions were asked, and who mm-hmm. said what, and did all you highlights I'm supposed to glean from it? You know, if you go over on the website, you can listen to the the whole run of the debate, and you don't have to listen to the entirety of it. I mean, it's fine if you'd like to, but if you get down to like the last ten minutes of that debate, uh, my friend, guess what I did last night? I asked the question that should not be asked. Do you, okay. do you know what I'm talking about? I asked the uh, question of the Article 5 Convention of States. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, I got you. Because Stan submitted that question to me. He said, listen, I want to see if you could ask them this question. And that was the last question I asked. And it was both me and Pete who were kind of tag-teaming. I, I, I asked the question. Uh, I asked. I set it up by saying, what, what's the superior body? Is it the states or is it the federal government? Everybody raised their hand and said the states are the primary body uh, in, in, in the body politic. And then I said, how many of you support a, um, an Article 5 uh, convention? And we had two people, two people, Lee Brown, Just two? Lee Brown and John Bradford. Um, Don Brown was was kind of on it a little bit, but it was really just Don Brown who was marginally on board. He thinks that there's too much stuff that you'd have to go through to get it done. I'm paraphrasing. People can go back and listen to the debate. Um, and then Lee Brown and John Bradford were, were on board on exploring in that regard. Well, well, you know, well, you know speaking of that, you know what I've noticed, what I've noticed about any people who want to do any changing things and propose amendments. Almost all of the amendments have to do with with getting rid of amendments since the first 10. And I think I sent you a message about that. Like, why don't we just propose an amendment? Because honestly, if you think about it, any amendment since the first 10 has been to diminish the benefit to us of the first 10. Mm. Like the income tax. Like, in other words, every one of them abridges our... Well, well okay, but, but there, if you, you, you sh- there are things like the abolition of slavery, the enfranchisement well, well, of people. Yeah. I mean, you got to keep... There are things we have to but, keep, but... Well, the things you have to keep, but you but you could just do one amendment and you could work you could word them all differently because honestly, yeah. 
I think that that the members you're talking about, if the the people that it was designed to give the rights to, yes. the Constitution, in my opinion, already gave them those rights. Mm-hmm. In other well, words, in other words, we weren't going by the Constitution then. In other words, black people, brown people, green people, whatever, they all deserve the first ten. And if you think about it, anything since that has been mm-hmm. to separate us by groups. And give certain groups mm. specific rights. That's interesting. Go back to the first ten. Give them to everybody. Yeah, that. Well, that's that's. In other words, I want the black brothers and sisters living here to know the freedoms that America was intended for them to have. Right, and so you're saying you could just take all the other ones off and and, and proceed accordingly, and, and just now, say every, everybody gets the first ten. Now, I was, Those are the only ones you need. I was challenged by somebody last night talking about this, and and one of the things they said was, "It's going to get out of control. You'll end up with a runaway convention. None of this is going to really work." And one of my arguments that I make when things like that come up is, well, we should have the device available to us so we can keep the Congress in line. Because they are going right. to at some point decide that we could have a, you know, if you could have a renegade constitutional convention, you could have a renegade Congress. We have had re- renegade Congresses. I mean, yeah. you know, I mean, come on now. Great. Yeah. Hey, Stan, great well, to talk to you, man. Can I ask you one question? I want to say I thought about you last night when I was eating because I had French toast and bacon for dinner. You had you had you had breakfast for dinner. I had breakfast for dinner. And I oh thought about my! You. <laughs> oh my gosh! Oh my! God. No, I, I can't I can't go down that road. That's a dark road for me. I can't do it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> appreciate care, you. Man. I love you care. Take care, man. You got it. That's Stan. News Talk 1110-993-WBT, Brett Winterbull Show. Good to be with you. Let's uh, jump out and grab a call from Scott. Hello, Scott. Welcome to the show. Good evening. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, you sound great. Well, I just want to offer a couple quick comments on topic two topics from the last hour. Yes. Uh, first off, I wholeheartedly agree with your opinion that Kansas should be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Right on. Uh, the doobies would be worthy honorees, and you need to add sticks to that list. Sticks, uh, sure. I'm, 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 I'm in. I'm in with you on this. Absolutely. And, and since you're sailing away, uh, <laughs> sorry, I thought a long time about that. Uh, this this, uh, this holiday season, just offer a couple of thoughts. My son and I were fortunate enough to visit Austria and Hungary uh, this summer, and uh, you know, you're all going to have a really great time. The, the Danube. Is beautiful. Passau is a really amazing town. Oh, wow. Um, Linz, trivia, that's where Pez were invented. And Pez? that's still their headquarters. Pez? Pez. I love Pez. Pez is like my favorite candy of all time. I'm, I, I hope well, I can stock up. Well, uh, that's their headquarters. And, okay, the real quick funny story, I stayed a little in on the Danube, and this lady who spoke, the innkeeper spoke almost no English, but she goes, she brings out a pack of Pez and says, you know this? I laughed, and I said, I grew up with those shows, and then she said, my daughter, the big boss. Wow. Wow. My daughter is like executive over the U.S. operations. Oh, Pez. that's awesome. Holy cow. That's but, really so, cool. so when you're in Linz, get some, get some real Pez from Austria <laughs> if, if you're a Pez fan. Heck yeah. The, uh, the other thing is if um, a recommendation of Mauthausen, which was the center of the Nazi concentration camps in Austria, is about 12 miles from Linz. Okay. Um, if they offer an excursion to there and somebody, it's not going to be in the holiday spirit, but wants a 
transformative experience you will leave there. Uh, it's not possible to leave there unchanged. Sure. It's, it's a memorial, but it's also a crime scene. That's... And um, the U.S. Third Army liberated the camp, and it was, you know, a a source of pride to go there and see that and um mm-hmm. but it's um again it's not going to be in the christmas market venue or, or a milieu of your experience but it's um uh, it's a, a truly historic site that will uh, again leave a lasting impression i will i will i will see about about doing that and that's uh that's a very important thing look it because what it does is it, it honors the memory of those who who were murdered there but it also honors the memory of the american military uh, to come in and do that, uh, I, I've I've oftentimes thought um, the, the the shock that those troops uh, must have must have lived with for the rest of their entire lives as a result of ha- having to go in there and and to liberate and to deal with what the the Nazis had done, and I can imagine, and I'm I'm just gonna I'm just gonna presuppose something, and you can tell me if I'm right or wrong. It, it, it's it's shameful that we would ever refer to an American politician or anybody like that as a Nazi because it, it is such a unique evil that took place. We we no president was is a Nazi. I mean, am I wrong about that? No, no I and 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 Brett, I, I'm not going to go into details, but there they actually had the audio recording. They had survivors speaking on the audio recording. Wow. And so these were eyewitnesses who experienced it directly, and um, that was beyond moving, but uh, unbelievable, yeah. okay? Yeah. What they described happened there, uh, it, it's um, it's an incarnation of hell on earth, I okay? Believe. I don't, I you know, and so uh, it, it's, but when you walk in, it, they have there are memorials there from every country that had prisoners there, including ones that no longer exist, like the Soviet Union, East Germany. Mm-hmm. So it's really interesting historically. But the camp itself, um, ultimately, they treat it as a crime scene. And yeah. and the the eighty thousand that were murdered there, you walk out of there seeing every one of their names. Wow, wow, uh, Scott, a um, a tremendous call, and I appreciate you. Uh, uh, giving us the good, uh, the bad, and the tragic, and it's um, it's it's a real well, shame. Well, if, if somebody wants to get out of the Christmas mood or wants to stay in the Christmas mood, then don't go there. Yeah. But it, it's uh, it's a site that left my son and I mm-hmm. speechless. Sure. And um, but do get some Pez and Lynn. I uh, will do. And uh, <laughs> it might, it might be a little cold, but they have some really great open air beer gardens there. Too. Oh, I, I'm, I'm in. I'm in. Great stuff. Scott, call me anytime, man. You're great. I really appreciate the call today. All right. Thanks. Have a good evening. You got it. Absolutely. If you're, if you're tuning in and you don't know like, what we're talking about, we're going to take a tour uh, November 29th to December 8th. We're going over to the Christmas markets. Um, we're going to be spending time on, a, on an incredible ship, and we're going to uh, sail the Danube. And you can get more information if you want to see the brochure, if you want to get more information. It's at tourwithbrett.com, T-O-U-R, with Brett, B-R-E-T-T, dot com. We're going to be working uh, over there and, and spending some time with uh, with some great people. Um, uh, some other talk show hosts are going to be on board, and we're going to get to spend time with uh, Folds of Honor, which is a, a, such a, a worthwhile organization that um, I, I jumped at the chance for that. So uh, check it out at uh, tourwithbrett.com. You can get details, information, any questions you got. There's a phone number you can call and get more information about it. Uh, one of the uh, other things that I, that I think is, is big time important here is the direction that the economy is going. Now, 
I want to go on the record, and I want to say I do not root for economic collapses. I do not root for depressions. I do not root for um, bad economies. I want everybody, Lord knows, I want everybody to be as, as prosperous as they possibly can, and even more so. And I want people to enjoy the benefits of living in what I believe still is the greatest country in the world. Now, with that being said, I think there are a number of of economic angles that that we really should pay close attention to because um, we're we're starting to see a couple of things um, move out there. Uh, You you are seeing, uh, especially in the case of uh, Elon Musk, Something really strange happened today with a judge and his pay package. And this may be the biggest move that can be made. And I know it sounds cryptic the way I'm saying it. Stick around. This is a big, big story. News Talk 1110 WBT. It's the Brent Winterville Show. All right. This is a weird story, uh, but it's a story that I think is, is, is um, a lesson for a lot of people in, in a lot of different ways. So raise your hand. Don't, don't do it if you're driving. Raise your hand if you think that Elon Musk has been like, you know, a pretty good business guy, right? Would you would you agree with that? I mean, he's got the boring project, he's got uh Tesla, he's got uh X, he's got the uh the the space uh the space companies, you know, all that sort of stuff, right? So he is he is a guy that has done a lot of stuff. And he has become fabulously wealthy, right? I mean, he's just a very very wealthy guy. Well, to me, this is, this is a very interesting time to be alive. And here's, here's what bothers me greatly about this. Elon Musk was negotiating a new pay package. Now, the amount of the money is pretty shocking. Okay? It's a pretty shocking amount of money. But... I don't know how you should value somebody. I don't know how you should look at somebody and what they've created and, and, and decide how, how much they should be paid. Uh, it's not my job. It's not your job. It's nobody's job. But a judge decided they were going to do this. So Elon Musk suffered one of the biggest losses in U.S. history this week when the Tesla CEO was stripped of his $56 billion pay package in a case that was brought by a a former heavy metal drummer. It was a really weird story. Yahoo Finance. Richard Tornetta sued Musk in 2018 when the Pennsylvania resident held just nine shares of Tesla. The case eventually made its way to trial in late 2022, and on Tuesday, a judge sided with Tornetta voiding the enormous the enormous pay deal for being unfair to him and all his fellow Tesla shareholders. 
Tornetta could not be reached for comment, and his attorney decided he didn't want to comment either. Until Tornetta's case, Musk prevailed in a string of trials accusing him of defamation, breaching his duty to the shareholders, violating security laws. Based on his online presence, Tornetta seems to have more of an interest in creating audio gear for car customizing enthusiasts than going after corporate excess and malfeasance. He has posted lighthearted videos about gadgets, etc. Tornetta also turned up in videos drumming at the legendary former club CBGB's in New York with his now defunct metal band Dawn of Correction, which described itself as a swift kick in the face with a steel-toed work boot. So on social media, fans of Tesla and Musk seem to find the case a travesty of justice and speculated about Tornetta's intentions and political affiliations. Of course. Of course they are. Asking how an investor with such a minuscule holding could wield such power. Well, he sued and he got in front of the right judge. Delaware corporate law is full of cases bearing the names of individual investors with tiny shareholdings who wound up in America's corporate law. Many law firms that represent shareholders kept a stable of investors that they can work with to bring cases, says Eric Talley, who teaches corporate law at Columbia Law School. They may be pension funds with a broad range of stockholdings. They might often be individuals like Tornetta. The plaintiff signs paperwork to file the lawsuit and then generally gets out of the way while the, uh, the folks, the law firms and all that get busy. Tornetta benefits from winning the case the same way other shareholder benefits do so because saving the company billions of dollars that, sub- that a subservient board of directors paid to Musk. Business groups have long criticized cases brought by individuals as an indication of potentially abusive litigation. Well, I mean, especially in this day and age, right, where you could have any kind of a a kooky, pinko-commie leftist uh, who who wants to just blow up somebody's deal, right? I mean, that's that's an entirely possible uh, reality. People get very, very jealous. People get very, very upset. All that sort of stuff. So what's the answer to this? Elon Musk announces a major shareholder vote is going to become forthcoming here, okay? He wants to get the you-know-what out of Joe Biden's Delaware. He's like, this wacko judge, Kathleen McCormick, sided with Tesla investors who had challenged a 2018 share-based pay package, ruling the unfathomable sum was unfair to shareholders and negotiated by directors who appeared to be beholden to to, um, Musk. I was almost going to say Trump. So now what, what does Elon Musk want to do? Elon Musk wants to rip everything up in Delaware and move to Texas, potentially. That's what he wants. That's what he wants. McCormick was the same judge who provided over Twitter's July 2022 lawsuit against Musk after he tried to cancel his $44 billion deal to buy the social media platform. The judge rejected his attempts to delay the deal, and it was ultimately finalized and rebranded as X. Quote, 
I recommend incorporating in Nevada or Texas if you prefer shareholders to decide matters, said Musk in another post on X after McCormick's ruling on his pay package. Tesla shares were up 2% in pre-market trading. So the answer for a guy who is this wealthy, this powerful, this influential, et cetera, et cetera, is to say, we're going to get out. The question he put on X was, should Tesla change its state of incorporation to Texas, home of its physical headquarters? The, the results that came back, 87% said yes, 12% said no, after more than a million voters ruled in, the, in their uh, decision there. So we'll see what ends up happening. He was just blown out of a $56 billion pay package by a guy who probably had very, very little skin in any of this game. He just wanted to be a pest. News Talk 1110-993 WBT. It's good to be with you. Seriously. Seriously, it is, uh, it is good to be with you here. Um, a lot of stuff is, is happening out there. Uh, and I, I, am, I am focused in, in, in large measure on many of the Gen Z people. I, I think Gen Z gets a terrible uh, rep from people who are, you know, not understanding that Gen Z is a very important group. I, in fact, I would argue, because I am X, I am a Gen X, I feel a great rapport with Gen Z. Why? Because you have an X and then you have a Z. And it's basically, think about it, the same number of strokes. X, Z. Here's, here's, here's why I, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of, of Gen, Gen Z. And I think Gen Z is, is going to take the mantle from Gen X and save this country. I really do. Gen Z, by and large is not buying into the wokish stuff. Yeah, there's people that do buy into it, but I see entrepreneurs of, of, a, of a fairly young age everywhere I look. They're starting their own businesses. They're doing their own hustles. They're doing all this sort of stuff. And uh, for, for you people who wanted to support Donald Trump, for you people that did support Donald Trump, for you people who are supporting Donald Trump in this upcoming election, I'm going to tell you something. The Gen Z people that paid close attention just five, six years ago saw what a great economy looked like. They saw a strong economy where you could go on vacation, where you could buy something. You, you were able to enjoy time with your family. And then all of a sudden, you had the COVID attack. And I believe the COVID attack was an attack coming out of uh, China, and it spread around the world. And China didn't tell anybody until they absolutely had to. I mean, that, that's, that's clear. So what happened? Many of the Gen Z people were locked down, were um, stuck in a rut. Some people were not able to matriculate into high school. Some people were not able to graduate from high school. Some people were not able to matriculate into college. Some people were not able to celebrate the graduation of college. You see what I'm saying? So this is a really tough thing. And I think Gen Z, I've thought, I've thought about this long and hard. I think Gen Z mirrors, in many ways, the, the generation that came after the Great Depression, the Depression era, and then into the 1930s. 
These are people that are industrious. These are people that think in a different way. These are people who I believe are going to end up being an incredibly successful generation of people. And people write them off. And I remember being written off as a generation in Gen X. Oh, Gen X is just a bunch of slackers. The music is terrible. You guys don't know what you're doing. Look at you with your flannel. Look at you with your combat boots. Look at you doing this. Look at you doing that. Yeah, look at us. I believe that Gen X will save America. And I'm serious about it. We, we are... We are the first generation to integrate technology into our lives. That's the first. We understand what came before, and we understand what comes after. We're the bridge generation. We're the bridge generation. From the boomers to the, to the Gen Zers. And I understand. Brett, why are you slagging on the... Uh, uh, on the incredible millennials. The millennials are a very important generation, but they got hammered. They got hammered by the economy. They, they, they grew up, the, the, gens, the, 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 the millennials got hammered. They got caught up in the issues involving 9-11. They got caught up in the mortgage meltdown. They got caught up in, in, in Obamanomics and Bidenomics and all that sort of stuff. I feel bad for them. They're, they're the people that in many cases have felt had a very difficult time launching successfully and getting out there into the world, being able to buy a house. Because every time they get their money aggregated, the thing falls apart. It's a real sh shame all the way around. So there's a piece. Gen Z can't afford to buy normal houses. Now, I don't believe this. By the way, this is not the B. This is not the B. U.S. housing affordability is at its lowest level since the 1980s. You'll need to earn $40,000 more to afford a modest home. And, and that's, that's one of the issues that's happening out there. Why is there pressure on the housing market? There's pressure on the housing market because um, people don't want to go and buy a house and pay 6 and 7% on the mortgage note. It takes a lot of money to aggregate. People don't necessarily want to sell their houses because they then have to move into another house. And they're going to have to pick up the 6 and the 7% note. So this is a rough situation. You know what else is a problem? Where do you think all 10 million of these people that are just living suddenly in our country, where do you think they're living? They're not just living on ball, in ball fields or in gymnasiums or schools. This is housing that's being grabbed by people who aren't supposed to be in the country. Assets like that, are, it's a very serious situation that we're looking at. So when I see people go after Gen Z, I say Gen Z can save this country. And I'm, I'm serious about that. Because they remember what a strong economy looked like. They remember what peace looked like. And they remember, they remember what it is to be industrious. These are not slackers, just like we were not slackers. We were the people that understood that the horizon of technology was in real time, and we were the first to adapt to that. Millennials came in after that, and after that came Gen Z. 
So if you were between the ages of, say, 10 and 18 when Trump was president, you remember a good economy. You don't remember riots in the streets. You, you don't remember uh, the chaos and the shutdowns and all that sort of stuff, except for what happened after 2020 into 2020. So you understand what a functioning economy looks like. You understand what opportunity looks like. You understand what hard work remuneration looks like. And you understand what entrepreneurialism looks like. So do we. So do I. We, we didn't buy into, as Gen Xers, we didn't buy into this, the, the, the notion that America's best days were behind her. We saw the great days of Reagan. Gen Z saw the great days economically of of trump and they could easily replicate it but it's that two generation package the millennials and the boomers that are getting increasingly tired because the elites keep pulling the rug out from underneath them just my thoughts we could talk about it again tomorrow starting at three thanks so much to tj and anna and pam and of course my man Isaac, it's a pleasure being with you here today, folks. Enjoy the night. We'll pick it up again tomorrow. Everything is going to be just fine. News Talk 1110-993-WBT.